You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. To have a preference is to have a greater liking for one alternative over another or others. And, and, and this is not exclusive. Instead, it, it, it points to, to who, should have, uh, who should first have our solidarity. This is Herb Montgomery from Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 244 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee might have to offer us today in our work of resistance, survival, liberation, reparation, and transformation. Man, it is so good to be back. We haven't published a podcast uh, in in the last three weeks. I've been in Australia on a a speaking tour there and uh, just had a wonderful time. I want to give a shout out to to Brenton and Kylie Stacy for being such excellent hosts uh, for me. While I was there, stayed in their home, and and they're the ones that organized the entire trip. It was it was really uh, um, theirs and and Matt Thompson's fault that that uh, uh, that that I was there. But uh, and thank you all, thank everyone uh, there in Australia for me too. If you're listening, and and I just, I just had a wonderful time. I can't say um, enough good things about uh, the people down there in Australia. If you'd like to check out the presentations, the recordings of the presentations I gave while I was down there, you can go to renewedheartministries.com and go to resources, then download, then, then click on resources and the down the, the menu will drop down. And then you can just click on audio presentations. And it's the first two series that are there. One will say Australian tour. And then the other one will say Jesus's preferential option for the marginalized. And that, 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 uh, the Jesus, uh, Jesus' preferential option for the marginalized. That's a presentation I gave to. Uh, it's the first presentation I gave while I was down there to a uh, an LGBT uh, community and uh, by the name of Kinship. It's a meet the the Australian branch of Kinship. But uh, anyway, you can check them out there. And uh, and once again, I just had a wonderful time down there. But I am glad to be back home. Glad to be recording podcasts once again, uh, especially this podcast this week. Our title this week is a preferential option for the vulnerable. And our feature text is Mark 10, 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So this week, I want to discuss what what liberation theologians such as Gustavo Gutierrez and others what they call Jesus's preferential option for the poor. And but I want to consider a, a broader preferential option that includes all who are vulnerable. Um, people who are, are vulnerable economically. Um, I want to look at that, but I also want to to look at people who are vulnerable because of uh, their race, their gender. Uh, their orientation, their ability, their age, their their gender identity and expression, um, maybe their level of education, or any other basis uh, for oppression. And I, I remember standing on the lawn a few years back now of Baltimore City Hall with my daughter when when she was in sixth grade, and this was the weekend. <clears throat> excuse me. This was the weekend after Baltimore. Uh, police murdered Freddie Gray, and she stood there holding a, a sign that she'd made. Um, and, and, and while I looked up, 
uh, and all the snipers who lined the upper ledges of of the building surrounding the the lawn. And and as as we listened to the the speakers there that day addressing the crowd, um, I saw that much of what was being said. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't registering with her, but for me, it, it was it was resonating deeply and with the, with the clarity that only comes from experiencing oppression for oneself. Speaker after speaker repeatedly uh, drew the connection between economic and racial oppression in the U.S. and 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 around the globe, and and it's it's not enough to solve poverty for some people and exclude others uh, from that solution. And I'll, I'll put a link, if you'd like to pursue that thought a little bit more, I'll put a link in this week's e-site. But especially if your economic solution, uh, if it excludes some uh, based on, on their race or their ethnicity, we can't afford to, to solve economic exploitation for some if those solutions come at the price of exploiting others um, or exploiting others, uh, wh- wh- whom we, we deem as different. And it's also not enough to simply teach a preferential option for some who are poor. We have to enlarge our preferential option to include all who, who are targeted and, and all who are made vulnerable by the status quo. But before we do that, let's unpack what's meant by this phrase, preferential option for the poor. First, let's talk about the poor. And although there, there's many t- different types of poverty, the poor in this phrase, it first addresses people who experience material poverty. And we have to be careful um, not to romanticize real poverty. For most of those who are, are materially poor around the world, poverty literally means death. And as Gustavo Gutierrez says, it, it, it's death um, and death before one's time. And, and for theists who, who believe in a God who is life or, or the giver of life, um, this death and, 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 and thus this poverty, it's contrary to a God who is life. Material poverty can take different forms for sure, and it can result from, from, from many different causes. But at its core, uh, material poverty is an expression of marginalization, which we talk about repeatedly on this podcast. And many people view those who are materially poor, they view them as insignificant, they, they objectify them, they, they consider them non-persons. And this marginalization, it calls us to consider the connection between marginalization that's based on poverty and other forms of, of marginalization, such as those, like I said earlier, that are based on maybe gender or race or sexual identity and orientation etc. So so addressing the complex nature of poverty, um, it can include uh, charity, uh, which is, is, is mitigating harm, but it has to also include working toward a just society where there's, where there's no more uh, uh, need for charity. It, it, it's vital, in other words, that we don't just stop at charity and think that, that our work is finished or that our work is done. We have to also identify and resist the structures that are, that are creating poverty. And, 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 and we need philosophical and social and and scientific tools to to analyze 
uh, what makes people poor systemically and institutionally. So when we talk about the poor, we're, we're really talking about uh, on an economic level, we're talking about the material poor, but we're talking about all who, who, who are made vulnerable within our status quo. Let's talk about that word option, the preferential option for the vulnerable. Uh, that word option in our phrase, it doesn't mean uh, that it's optional. This is a, a common misconception. And, and it, it doesn't mean that something that we can do with or without. It, it implies that we make an intentional choice from a range of possibilities. It's, it's like opting for something. It means making a commitment to, to stand in, in solidarity with and, and to work alongside whomever we're, we're making a, a, an option or we're opting for. In this case, it would be the poor. And, and, and this doesn't mean that we become the savior of, of the poor or, or, or do-gooders. The, the option is to recognize that, that we, again, we reclaim our own humanity as others reclaim theirs and we begin to see uh, our, our connectedness and 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 we work alongside them um, because we recognize that our liberation is bound up with their liberation the, the uh, their reclaiming of their humanity is bound up with re- us reclaiming wherever we live within the status quo um, with us reclaiming our humanity too and we live uh, into that 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 connection and, and we begin to see, we begin to love, and we begin to engage, um, as Jesus said, others as ourselves. And let's talk about last, that word preferential. I'm talking about preferential option for the vulnerable, that word preferential. To have a preference is to have a greater liking for one alternative over another or others. And and, and this is not exclusive. Uh, instead, it, it, it points to, to who should have, uh, who should first have our solidarity. And Jesus taught this with his his famous phrase, "Let the first, the last be first, and the first shall be last." He he demonstrated this in his his favor towards the poor, the hungry, uh, the 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 weeping or the the hated in in Luke's Sermon on the Plain, and and the woes that he proclaimed against their exploiters. Um, there was a preferential option in those uh, preference, rather in that those. Um, in uh, those words, Jesus's enemies also, they repeatedly critique his, his table fellowship with those who were socially marginalized. And Jesus modeled a bias or a preference that, that chose the side of the poor. And let's look at several examples of this in, in Mark and in Luke. In Mark, Jesus also calls the, the wealthy to follow him and his preferential option for the poor. This is Mark 10, 21, and you can cross-reference cross it. This, this shows up in, in more than just Mark. It shows up in Matthew 19, 21 and Luke 18, 22. Um, Jesus looked at him, it says, and loved him. One thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus is calling on this wealthy individual to 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 follow him in selling everything he has and giving it to the poor. That's a preferential option, a bias for the poor. And Jesus took the the side of the poor widow too over the the the, the so many of you are familiar with this story. Usually it's held up the the widow's mites. This story is held up as an example of how we're to 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 also sell all. But that's not uh, um 
I don't feel that's an accurate interpretation of of Mark's uh, story here within its context. Jesus took the side of of this poor widow um, over and against even the the central structure of his society's political and and ideological ideological life, the the the, the temple in Mark twelve forty two through forty three, and it shows up in Luke twenty one two through three two. But it says a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all others. Um, in other words, the, what the temple was doing was exploiting uh, her, what she needed for even her very subsistence. And as Ched Myers explains, um, this, this widow was being, he says, impoverished by her obligations to the temple cultist. The temple has robbed this woman of her very means of livelihood. Like the scribal class, it no longer protects widows, but exploits them. And that's in his his classic book, Binding the Strong Man. You can find an entire section there on pages 321 through 322. But it's his commentary on, on, on Mark. But another author states that Jesus condemns the value system that motivates her action, and he condemns the people who conditioned her to do it. That's A, right in The Widow's Might, Praise or Lament, A Matter of Context, page 262. And in Matthew, Jesus' preferential option for the poor, let's look at another one, uh, or at least the vulnerable, is, is the sign of, of confirmation that's to be shared with the imprisoned John the Baptist. Look at Matthew eleven five, 5, and you can see this also in Luke seven twenty two. The uh, The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. So it's, it's again, it's a preferential option for the poor. It's good news to them. Um, and, and as we've said often before, then the words of Peter Gomes, what's good news to some will not always be good news to everyone. And, and in that, that's true in Jesus's uh, uh, gospel to the poor um, over and against the rich as well. But in Luke, it, it sums up Jesus' entire ministry right in the very beginning. In Luke 4, 18, um, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news. And there it is again, to the poor. There's that preferential option to the poor. That's whom the good news is good news too. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, he, the recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. So here we see, um, yes, Jesus is uh, his preferential option for, for those who are economically exploited, but it's for all who are oppressed. Jesus calls to the, the Pharisees to embrace this option. And, and, and to the degree that everything else about their morality would be dependent on it. In Luke eleven forty one, it says, but now as for what's inside of you, be generous to the poor. He singles them out. And everything then, he says, will be clean for you. So everything being clean is dependent on this generosity to the poor, this preferential option to the poor. And and Mark, um, again, this teaching is... It's given to a single wealthy person. Some people could say, well, that's just when he said to sell everything you have and give it to the poor, that was just to that one guy. But but in Luke, Jesus is called to sell excess possessions and redistribute wealth to the poor. It's not just to one person within his listening audience. It's a universal teaching for, for all of his followers. And look at Luke 12, 33. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. So we see Jesus's 
preferential option for the poor and vulnerable over and over and over in his teaching. We see it too, uh, just a couple more in, in the story. Who who who's invited to the uh, the the to the banquet in in Luke fourteen thirteen and verse twenty one. It says, "But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind." Um, it goes on. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, "Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame." Again, it, it was a preferential option for the the vulnerable. His focus, his bias, his preference was for for uh, the, the, those who were being pushed to the margins, those who were made vulnerable within a society. And, and one of Jesus's best known encounters, we meet a wealthy tax collector who, who had every reason economically to reject Jesus's gospel, but he embraces Jesus's preferential option for the poor as his own ethic to it. Become, he actually, he doesn't just see it as a good idea. He embraces it and it becomes his own preferential option for them. In Luke 19, 8, it says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, uh, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So so this, this preferential option for the poor and vulnerable, it determined whom Jesus' reign or, or the kingdom of God, who it belonged to. In Luke 6.20, it says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And blessed are you who, who are poor in spirit, in Matthew 5.3, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And in Luke Again, Jesus refers to, to people who are materially poor, whereas in Matthew, um, the blessing is for the poor in spirit. It's enlarged. And, and that, that doesn't mean um, you're spiritually poor. One interpretation of this difference, it spiritualizes this. And, and we have to be careful because it prof- privatizes um, what it means to be poor in spirit. And, and it's been arbitrarily defined as an, uh, they define this spiritual poverty as as a dependence or a reliance on God as opposed to a reliance on oneself. And, and this takes your focus off of off of uh, changing systemic injustice completely, um, which is what Jesus's focus is in Matthew five, and 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 it puts it on this privatized personal dependence on 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 the divine. And the fruit of this interpretation again has been to divert attention away from from the liberation of those who who are materially poor. But but uh, uh, there's a there's another way to understand this. Jesus isn't holding up some spiritual poverty or dependence on God as a a character quality to strive for in this passage. And and again, that interpretation is is too often, it's been used to subvert Jesus's call for us to stand in solidarity with the the materially poor people. But Jesus is speaking, uh, just like in Luke, to those that the present structure has left poor in spirit. Think of it that way. Note that in in, in Luke, uh, John the Baptist is described not as poor in spirit himself, but as strong in spirit. In Luke 180, it says, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. And this is lifted up as as something that's good, as something that's positive. John the Baptist was not uh, uh, poor in spirit. He was strong, it says, in, in spirit, and he grew strong in spirit. And when Jesus describes those that are poor in spirit, 
I think he's describing again those that are experiencing a poverty of spirit or will to keep fighting against oppression. Just this week, um, it just came out that that uh, uh, there's going to be no charges filed against uh, the, the police uh, for murdering Alton Sterling, and 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 that that. That has a, a you, you get to a breaking point where you you feel like you just don't have the will or the spirit. It's just broken. You just don't have the will or the spirit to keep fighting against oppression, and and you get worn down. And 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 that's what it's talking about. They they have no more spirit with which to fight. Jesus' preferential preferential option for the poor and the vulnerable. It envisioned a world where where the poor in spirit are also given the kingdom. And again, this doesn't mean spiritually poor. Just two verses later, Matthew five five says, "Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth." In our present world structure, the meek are not given the earth. They're they're, they're walked all over. They're 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 walked on. They're bullied. And Jesus calls for us to create another kind of world where even the meek or the most vulnerable among us are taken care of and ensured a a safe world to call their home as well. A preferential option for the meek. That's what Jesus means by those that are poor in spirit. Today's world belongs to those who have a fighting, competitive spirit. They are strong in spirit that have a a drive to succeed. That's who capitalism rewards. But 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 some have had again their spirit so broken, so pushed down that they don't they simply don't have any spirit left to try with. And Jesus calls us to a, to a preferential option that creates a world where those who don't have anything left to give that they're taken care of as well. The passage between these two texts in, in Matthew 5 is the verse, blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. Those who mourn are those whom, whom the present structure so disenfranchises, so disinherits, uh, so marginalizes, and, and despite their, their present heartbreak and loss, Jesus is saying this new world will bring reparative, restorative, and transformative comfort as, as they gain hope that 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 another world is possible and and lastly in verse 6 of Matthew 5 we're just looking in context here Jesus is speaking of the same demographic when he states blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled and the word righteousness here is is not personal or, or private it's not a a meritorious credit that admits them into the afterlife uh, the verse here describes those who who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness or justice here and now. The Hebrew concept for righteousness, it it included a distributive justice, a structural justice, a systemic justice, a a societal justice. And and those who are hungering for this world to be put right, those are the ones that Jesus calls us to, to a preferential option for, to ensure that they will be filled. So really, it's it's all who are vulnerable, all those who desire to, to genuinely follow Jesus today. They, ha- they must 
Um, This quality is indispensable. They must create communities that center the most vulnerable people at the table. Not only are the the vulnerable to be seated at the table, but the table is to also practice a preferential option for them. And examples today uh, might include those that are are vulnerable on the basis of their race, again, their identity as LGBTQ or or their gender as a woman. Applying Jesus' preferential option for the poor and the vulnerable today, it means prioritizing these communities. When something's out of balance, if you can think of the scales, the way you bring it back into balance is to make a preferential option for the side that's up in the air. Um, uh, 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 there's weight on, say, uh, one side, and one side's way up in the air. So you add weight to the other side to bring it back into balance. That's that preferential option initially needed to to, to bring a world into existence that that's safe and compassionate uh, for everyone. You prioritize communities that are that are being uh, marginalized or or made vulnerable. And Jesus's table is not one remember where every person's opinion and this is important where every person's imp- opinion is of equal worth. Again, we we don't simply agree to disagree and still get along on on some things. Um, so a, a table like that it leaves the status quo un touched. It doesn't challenge that that balance of power that we're talking about. It still leaves these communities very vulnerable. And instead, Jesus's table is a table where there's a preference, again, for the vulnerable. As the saying goes, the, the, the voice of the oppressed does not always call out for what is just, but we will not arrive at justice without listening to them. And this is what it means to, to practice that preferential option for them and choosing the side of the most vulnerable at the table. Whatever we're talking about. That means when we talk about um, a gender, that that uh, women are the ones who, who get the preferential option. Men don't sit there and explain what it's like to be a woman. Um, when we talk about race, uh, people of color, they get the preferential option. And it's it's those who are, are, are uh, not people of color. Their job is to sit there and listen and learn and believe and be a posture of humility and, 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 and li- again, listen. And, and, and regardless of what we're talking about, whoever is the most vulnerable in that scenario or in that uh, aspect of life, it's at that section that we, we, we practice that preferential option for them. Christians are called to look at the world from the perspective of the marginalized and, and, and again, to work with them in solidarity for justice. And that, that practice, it has to include a preferential, preferential option, uh, for the vulnerable. And today that might include advocating for, for LGBTQ rights. It may include opposing, some examples would be like racial redlinings. It's still being practiced today. I'll give you a, a, an, an, an article, uh, that came out recently, a news report on how redlining is still being practiced in some states to stop people of color from accessing home ownership, or or it might include um, right now organizing with young people who are repeatedly victimized by 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 gun violence. Um, wherever you find the vulnerable in the status quo, it means working alongside them in solidarity for justice. And and this good news uh, is that 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 the good news, the gospel, is that we can do this. 
that, that we, we can choose to create a world that practices a preferential option for the vulnerable. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus, Jesus tells the story of a, a man who did just this. In Matthew 13, 46, it says, when he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and bought it. This is the same. Look at the language here. It's the same sell everything language that we read previously when in Mark 10, 21, where, where Jesus says, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. This, this selling everything you have, it's about selling out. It's about going all in toward a vision for a, for a different kind of world. It's a world that practices a, a preferential option for people who, who face oppression on a daily basis, and, and, and maybe in multiple areas of their life, but they, they face it daily. And it's also about taking action and believing that another world is possible right now. The, the man in Jesus' teachings, he sold everything he had for the kingdom, and, and we can too. In, in the words of someone that I deeply respect, this is Angela Davis from Southern Illinois University, February 13, 2014. She said, you have to act as if it were possible to radically transform the world, and you have to, have to do it all the time. Again, our feature text this week is Mark 10, 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Heart Group Application, University of, of Notre Dame's Center for, for Social Concerns, it defines what we're looking at this week, the, the preferential option for the poor and vulnerable, as looking, the, quote unquote, at the world from the perspective of the marginalized and working in solidarity for justice. So this week as a heart group, what I want you to do is take time to read their page. I'll give you a link to it in this week's e-site um, and, and their, their page on, on, on the preferential option for the poor and the vulnerable. And I want you to engage the discussion and the reflection sections there on that page. And then number two, discuss as a group what a preferential option for the poor and vulnerable could look like for your heart group. And then number three, I want you to put um, your ideas into practice this week. Take that final step and whatever you discuss as as what that could look like for your group, um, do it. And wherever you are this week, thanks for checking in with us. Thanks for your patience too over the last three weeks as I was out of the country. Um, it's good to be back. And remember, another world is possible. Keep living in love, survival, resistance, liberation, reparation, and transformation. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.